You know what the most dangerous thing in America is, right? Nigga with a library card. <laughs> This is the Most Dangerous Thing in America podcast, a show in which we read books by black authors and they're talked about by a black author, and you can listen. If you are black or not black, that is okay. This week on the podcast, we are talking about Veronica Henry's novel, The Quarter Storm. What kind of novel is it? Well, it's a detective novel. It's a mystery novel. It's a fantasy novel because it has magic and voodoo in it. And it's a black novel, because it's written by a black person. Black literature, is what we'll say. Uh, How did I come to this book? I saw it on Twitter, via Cadwell Turnbull. He was responding to somebody. I read Cadwell Turnbull's book a couple weeks ago, and then did a podcast on it and followed him on Twitter. He was responding to somebody saying, if you've read No Gods, No Monsters, you should read veronica henry's the quarter storm so i went saved it went and looked it up and thought oh this looks good and then needed something to read this week and read it and i really enjoyed it but we'll get to that before we get to it let's give a short plot synopsis and then like a longer plot synopsis so the short one would be in new orleans there's a community of voodoo practitioners or for those who don't know vowden vowden is actually how we're supposed to say it instead of voodoo. That's a big thing in the book. We'll get to that too. So let's start over. I'm going to use the word voodoo, but know that that's not the preferred term in this book. In New Orleans, there's a community of voodoo practitioners. When one of them gets mixed up in a murder, the entire community is in danger. And of that community, one person sets out to solve the murder. So that's the short synopsis. A longer synopsis would be, After a consultation with a young woman, Raina, a.k.a. Mambo Dumond, a Vodun practitioner, learns of a murder at the young woman's place of residence, which is the apartment above Voodoo Real. Again, the spelling is an issue. Uh, Voodoo Real is located in the French Quarter, and it's operated by a New Orleans transplant, uh, Salima, a.k.a. Mambo Grenade, and she has been accused of the crime. So there you go. That's the longer synopsis. So our, our main character is, is uh, Mambo Dumond, who gets mixed up in this murder because she had a consultation with the woman who lives above the voodoo shop in the French Quarter, owned by Mambo Grenade. And there's a lot of characters in here and stuff. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a third main Valdwin I'm going to try to keep using that word instead of voodoo, but, you know, we'll see how well I do. But there's a third main Vaudin practitioner. His name is Lucien, a.k.a. Haungen. I'm trying to say that correctly. Haungen Alexander. These are honorifics for people who are uh, ordained practitioners of Vaudin. So we have two Mambos. That's Mambo Dumond, and she's our main character. We have Mambo Grenade, who's been accused of the murder. And then we have the third, who is a male, and the male honorific is Haungun Alexander. His name is Lucien. So I'll probably stop using the honorifics because I'm butchering the pronunciation. But yeah, so uh, uh, Lucien is the most influential of these three practitioners in New Orleans. And then uh, Mambo Dumond, who's Reina, that's our main character. She's like the second most powerful person in New Orleans, but not 
as influential as Lucien, and then Salima is a Salima, aka Mambo Granada, who is a transplant from Houston. She's not influential at all. She just has a shop in a in a prime part of New Orleans where she gets a lot of foot traffic and she gets all of the the tourists who don't know anything about the tradition of Alduin, but they want to like you know they want to experience the the voodoo that they've heard of, hence the name of the shop being Voodoo and not um, Valduin. So that's that's brings us to our first point here is all of these terms. And I really thought that the author, Veronica Henry, did a great job with the authenticity. I love how much research went into this using, and I've already done it, but we'll just go over it one more time, Valduin, uh, Mambo, Houngun, um, all of the different spells that are in the book, all of the different gods that are mentioned, Ogun, he's mentioned at the end, but whatever, and uh, LWA, I have no idea how to say that correctly, in Haitian Patois or Haitian Creole, there was a third one that gets mentioned, um, oh, uh, Azuli, Azuli, the water god that's actually Reina's, like, the, the god that chose Reina to be her, her, uh, her vessel, so I love all the research that went into it, I love the mix of magic and tradition, and I like how how uh, adamant the the part of tradition is emphasized. You know, it's like first of all, I love when when authors explore black spiritual practices that aren't Christianity. But secondly, the fact that this is considered like a spiritual spiritual excuse me spiritual practice and not like a religion. So it's not like trying to compete with other religions as much as much as it's just saying this is part of our tradition and in the novel reina and uh lucian are both practitioners of the benin branch of valduin and so you know you can trace that all the way back to africa and and of course all of these religions uh can be traced back to africa so it's just cool that the emphasis here is on tradition. I just use the word religion, but that's not the emphasis in the book. The emphasis in the book is on the idea of tradition, something that black people have been doing long before they were brought to the new world, forcibly brought to the new world. So I love that. I love different black spiritual, pra spiritual practices. What spiritual is the word I'm trying to say and it, or wanting to say, but it's not a word. And then, yeah, I said the mix between magic and tradition. What I mean there is like, it's literally magic when Reina, or if you will, Mom, Mambo Dumond, can like use uh, Azuli's powers to like manipulate the water in her body and the water in other people's bodies. Like that's actual magic. Like you wouldn't you wouldn't believe that somebody would be doing that in real life or could even try to do that in real life. Whereas the traditional practices, the spells, the making of um of different charms and things people do that and i'm sure people try to manipulate water or something like that but like you know you wouldn't actually see that whereas you would see people with uh i think a, the doll's called a poppet a poppet or a different type of charm or grease 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 gree bags something like that you would actually see so it's like a good mixture of things that are legitimately just traditional practices and then i guess if you Le legitimately believe in those practices like you have full-on faith in them then yes then this um manipulation of water or other things that happen in the novel that are more magical fantasy based then you would believe those to be true in real life but for a non-believer like myself there's like a clear line between the two things and i like that too because i thought it gave a mix of both it's like this isn't just rooted in 
or it's definitely rooted in real tradition, but it's not where we're stopping. She also extends and brings it into the fantastical. So I thought that was great. Yeah. Okay. So that's my first thing that I like. The second thing that I liked was New Orleans, Louisiana. As I mentioned a lot on this podcast, my father's from Louisiana. And so I'm kind of obsessed with it. And, you know, the whole side of the family's from Louisiana. Everybody. So I had recently just read a book set in Louisiana that wasn't this one. And it was so bad. It just, it laid on the whole Louisiana thing just very thickly. And I looked it up afterwards and I was like, this author's not even from there. Again, I'm not from there. My dad is. But I've written about Louisiana. I was reading this book and... I was positive as I was reading it that Veronica Henry was from Louisiana. And it made me like ashamed, you know, I was like reading it going like, this is what it should be like, you know. And and it's not that she doesn't mention those Louisiana things, right? I think when you say the word Louisiana, when you say New Orleans, you're going to get people who say gumbo and jambalaya and Mardi Gras. Well, all those things are in the book. And uh, a cemetery is in the book. And she has street names that are, or excuse me, uh, New Orleans famous streets that are in the book. But it didn't feel like it was overdone or laying it on too thick like the other author whose name I won't mention, uh, who I read a couple weeks back. It just felt like it was done by a person who knew what they were doing. And they weren't trying to like, you know, club you over the head with it. It's just, yeah, these things are part of Louisiana life. It's natural that they would be in there. And okay, let's move on to the story, you know, that kind of thing. Well, after I finished the book, and I made sure to finish the book first because I didn't want it to color my ideas, I went and looked up Veronica Henry on her website. She's not from Louisiana. She's from Brooklyn. I think that's even less from Louisiana than I being from California, although we could argue about it. But uh, she's not from Louisiana. And then furthermore on her website, she's not Haitian because that's the other thing in the book. Uh, Raina, the main character, is Haitian. And she practices the specific uh, Haitian Valdun by way of Benin. And Veronica Henry is not, as far as I know, Haitian. Her website says she's of Sierra Leone uh, ancestry, which according to, what's that website, 23andMe? My brother did it. Uh, according to 23andMe, I'm also from, you know, Sierra Leone. Or no, 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 wait, no, no. I think a little bit, a little bit of Sierra Leone. Um, I think more so from Liberia. Before it was Liberia. I think that was the idea. Okay, okay, okay. But enough of that. Anyway, the point is very skillfully done here. Uh, Totally fooled me. I assumed I was reading a book by a uh, born and bred (laughs) native of Louisiana. And at the very least, a Haitian. And I was was fooled. So, great work. And uh, I thought that was awesome. Alright, next thing that I liked was just the images that the book conjured up. So... Purely uh, visually, which that's what an image is, Lucien, I feel like I can't say any name correctly today. I don't know what's going on. Lucien made me think of Bumpy Jonas in Shaft. You know, if you don't know who that is, just go Google Bumpy Jonas. But for some reason, I just picture him as Bumpy Jonas. And I can even see him smoking a cigar. I don't think it's ever stated in the novel at any point that Lucien smokes anything whatsoever. But I see him smoking a cigar and looking like Bumpy Jonas. Uh, the actor's name is Moses Gunn in Shaft. I think he's in the. I think he's in all three. He's at least in the first two. Or he doesn't die in the first one, even though he's the bad guy. Hmm. I can't remember now. Uh, okay, so that's the first thing. And then the second thing is not really an image, but kind of. I mean, I guess if you consider the movies an image. But this this book put me into the mindset of Walter Mosley's uh, Easy Rollins series. Now. I, 
I was thinking on the subway as I was finishing this book today, like, are you really going to compare this novel to Easy Rollins uh, again? So let me first preface this by saying that Veronica Henry's book is a mystery and detective novel, like I said, because what happens is, is that slowly but surely, Raina turns herself into a detective. And the kind of detective I love, that's a an amateur detective who has, you know, is not really a detective, a lot like Easy Rollins. The thing is, there's plenty of other detectives out there, and it's starting to be like, well, are you just doing the thing like when you watch an NBA player and it's a white guy and everyone's like, yeah, he plays like Larry Bird. And the guy will be like, you know, eight inches shorter than Larry Bird and can't shoot. And uh, if it's a black guy, you know, they're like, oh, he plays like, I don't know. He plays like, uh, I'm trying to think of an obscure black player that somebody would say. He plays like Jonathan Bender with a jump shot, you know, or he's, he's Kevin Durant with better handle or something. And he'd be like, Okay, but he's six foot two, you know. Anyway, the point being, am I just comparing this novel to Easy Rollins and Walter Mosley because I'm lazy and it's like, oh, well, Black Detective, that's it. I don't think so. So I searched my mind for other detective novels that I'd read that had the same comp and I couldn't come up with one. And what's the comp I'm talking about? Well, Easy Rollins, amateur detective, okay, Raina, amateur detective, and then Taika, who's like this young kid that Raina looks after, and the rest of the people in the community look after too, she's kind of like Raina's henchman, henchwoman, henchperson, and if you've read the Easy Rollins books or seen Devil in a Blue Dress, Mouse is the same thing, and Taika and Mouse are both like way more violent than Easy or Raina, and so it made me think of that. The only difference is that Taika's kind of like a hybrid between Mouse and the other characters in the Easy Rollins novels who, like, who Easy uh, takes care of. You know, he adopts a couple of kids. Um, I don't think any of the kids... I mean, I've not read every Easy Rollins book, but I've read a bunch. I don't think any of the kids are actually his. Anyway, the point is, I didn't think it was a lazy comp, and I started running through my Rolodex of other detectives I know with sidekicks. You know, like Hastings and Perot, uh, Sherlock Holmes and Watson, obviously. Completely different, right? Like, they're not henchmen. They're just, like, um, helping out... And then they're also recording the story. You know, the story's told through their through their eyes, mostly. Uh, not always the case with Hastings. He eventually drops out of some novels. Taika's not like those. She's more like Mouse. So I think it's a apt comparison. I'm not just doing it because of, uh, you know, the fact that Walter Mosley looms large over black detective literature. And uh, I also ran through other ones. You know, I was thinking about uh, the Blanche series, which I read last year. Didn't That didn't work. I thought about Chester Himes. That didn't work. So, you know, I thought about white detectives, thought about black detectives, and this was the best comp I could come up with. And anyway, I thought of it organically. I wasn't trying to come up with it. Man, this is starting to sound offensive. The point is, is that it's great. It's great that it made me think of Walter Mosley. Walter Mosley's awesome. So I hope it's a compliment. I hope I'm not being lazy, you know? Maybe I just need to read more detective novels. The last thing would be the machete battle and other... Uh, Haitian happenings were awesome. You know, there was Haitian Creole, there were Haitian Sains. It's the house's rat that eats the house's straw. That was awesome. Good, uh, good saying there. And then, yeah, the machete fight at the end. But again, none of this felt like it was laid on too thick, you know? Like, you could, in the wrong hands, it would be like, all right, all right, we get it. But I didn't, I didn't feel that way at all. It made me want more. Every little tidbit of, like, Haitian Creole I got... I wanted more. Every little tidbit of culture that I got, I wanted more. So just very well done. Okay, let's talk about 
the crime. And I don't mean the crime, you know, the literal crime in the book. You know, we already covered it. There's a murder above the voodoo royale. I don't want to give away any details, except to say that it's a grisly murder. But there's a much more grisly event that happens in this book on page 102 and page 103. So allow me to read it. I didn't have any crawfish, which I preferred in the dish. So I'd have to make do with the boudin I'd got from Lucien's barely paying client referral, Nathaniel Sertain, and the shrimp I had in the freezer. We skip ahead to page 103. After I'd woofed down my egg and tea, the shrimp still wasn't fully thawed. At first gently, then more insistently, I peeled apart the lump, ripping a few tails and meaty bits off in the process. They were pretty well mangled by the time I was done. I should say too also that this shrimp was put into a bowl of hot water to unthaw. Alright, I wrote in my notes here in the Kindle, more upsetting than the murder. Truly, this is the most horrific image in the entire book. Now Raina knows she's wrong. But it can't, what, this, is a, this is the biggest crime of the novel, alright? So, hopefully everybody knows better. But if you're going to unthaw something, think ahead. Put it in your fridge when you wake up in the morning. Get up, have your breakfast, put whatever you need to unthaw in the fridge from the freezer. Let it unthaw naturally. Or you can put it out on the counter. It's not the worst thing in the world. But if you are going to try to go quick thaw method, you put it in cold water, not hot water, uh, for the sake of not growing bacteria. And the third thing is, if it just comes that, like, it's not unthawed, just give up. Give up. Don't rip the shrimp pieces off. That's what you don't do. So, you know, I really enjoyed the book, but this this is a grisly scene here. Oh, the other big crime of the book is that uh, Detective Roman Frost. So this is like the love interest in the book. Raina and Roman Frost had a thing going on. And the reason this is a crime is because I hate this man. He's he's horrible. First of all, it's also... All right, so it's not referenced that he's light-skinned, but I just suspect that he's light-skinned. He's referred to as Creole um, in, in, in a derisive way, like... Uh, what what. Daryl, who's the proprietor of the Lemon Drop, which is a neighborhood uh, restaurant that everybody frequents and you know knows all the gossip around, he says he's always walking around with his Creole nose stuck up, and uh, it's never said about it like it's a good thing. Um, so Roman Roman Frost probably light skin, so you know already it hurts that I have to hate another fellow light skin, right? So I'm sitting there going like, all right, this is painful, but then also he's rude, he's chauvinistic, and then I'm thinking. Damn, this is like, is this a mirror, right? Roman Frost, he's light-skinned, you're light-skinned. This guy's rude. You can be rude. Chauvinistic? I don't think so. But now, see, it's causing me to have all this introspection. So in that way, he's a very good character. In another way, I just hate him and don't want Reyna to be with him whatsoever. And uh, she's unable to, uh, you know, for the most part, she's able to withstand his charms. Um, but she does have trouble with it. But she just deserves so much better than that, than Detective Roman Frost. He's the worst. So, so that's it. And then, okay, that's pretty much it for the things I didn't like there. You know, not actual things I didn't like, but whatever. And then I had a, a section for bits and bobs. I really only have one bit and one bob. And that's that it's funny that the word or the name, and I'm not going to know how to pronounce this correctly in Creole, man, 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 maybe that is mother in Haitian Creole, but to me, in, in American Blackenese, 
if you call somebody man man like the way it's spelled man man it's probably like a little nine-year-old kid who does backflips on concrete you know like picture pat patrick beverly if you know who that is as at nine years old still wearing tims and then doing backflips I think, and I was trying, I think somebody said that before, but I, could, I kept Googling like man, man and backflip and I couldn't find out where I got that from. But I, but the point being that like man, man will be like a little like nine year old black kid with like a six pack and then is always doing something that he shouldn't be doing. Definitely like a little baby's kid, like a little badass little boy. So I just think it's funny that in one black culture, it means mother. And in another black culture, it means like, well, we better keep an eye on that kid because he is going to be a problem. So, yeah, that's my last little bit and bob. But all right, that's The Quarter Storm by Veronica Henry. Very good read. Really enjoyed it. The mix of fantasy and mystery and then detective uh, was great. I like how it progressed and how Reina became a detective over time. And then the plot was solid. There was a lot of twists and turns. So, you know, you you definitely don't necessarily know what's going to happen. And there's enough going on to keep you engaged and also, like, on your toes and trying to figure it out. So that's good. And then at the end, it does that satisfying thing where after the cl- climax, we get the denouement. And we actually get to find out what happened to these characters. So I love when a detective novel wraps up nicely. So yeah, this was great. Good read. Uh, I know that the author has another book out. I think it's her first novel, Bacchanal. Not read it, but I'm interested in it, so I might check that out. And she's got a website, veronicahenry.net, that you know you can go check out and check out all of her stuff. So I, I know I'll be, I'm following her on Twitter. I'll be looking forward to the next book and maybe going back and reading the first book. And all right, that's gonna do it for this week. Next week probably not doing anything but in two weeks right because we do this podcast every two weeks we'll be doing something maybe i'll be back next week maybe in two weeks two weeks definitely maybe next week we'll see excited to read something new might be an anthology i just bought this anthology called cyber funk like a good pun cyber funk so i might just read that anthology and talk about that if not might do something else we'll see but until next time oh wait 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 before we do that you know Obviously, subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and the links below if you want to read something I wrote. Click, go to my website, there's things I wrote. The music, the intro music, the outro music, they're by the Keep Running, and uh, they're great. Keep Running, these on SoundCloud, there's links in the bio, you can check that out. And yeah, that, that will do it. So, until next time, stay safe. Stay black and keep reading. And there's time enough at last. That's not fair. That's not fair at all. There was time now. There was was all the time I needed. That's not fair. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs>